Welcome to Do It With Dan, entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mangana. A wonderful day. It's a wonderful day. I'm here with Laura, about to talk about abundant relationships and vulnerability. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another <laughs> Every time I do one of these, I wonder how high am I in my mind, but um, I'm not. But that's great. I'm Daniel Wangena, host of this Do It With Dan podcast, best-selling author, all the other things. I'm here with the magical goddess of abundant relationships and vulnerability, Laura Martin-Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing? I am good. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm fabulous. Um, so and you guys, a little bit silly. A little bit silly. A little bit silly. So guys shooting in, if you haven't listened to any of the other episodes with me and Laura, you're missing out on some yummy goodness. Go right back. Look for anything that has her amazing, beautiful, magical name and dive in. If I haven't convinced you yet, by the time you've heard the yummy goodness to come from her mouth of wisdom, you will do it. The way this works is... Laura is my beloved friend. We had a chat a year ago or something about some things that we'd like to talk about. We curated a list. And off of the back of that, I pick a random one. And then me and Laura chat about it. And she just basically bathes us in the yummy goodness of wisdom. And so Laura has no idea at all what I'm going to ask her to talk about. She just knows that it may include something that we spoke about doing before and it may not. So these are very organic, just open opportunities. Laura often goes into the yumminess of her journey. We go into mine. We just basically put it all out, get really vulnerable and offer you guys the opportunity to have some abundance in your relationships. So Laura, estas listo. <laughs> Bring it. Letting go and then leaning into the feeling of the potential of the unknown. Oh, I love that question. <laughs> it's so yummy and so big and can feel so scary because mm -hmm. it's so counter to how so much of our culture has um, trained us to be. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, that's actually really great because that takes me to the place where I really started to um, explore this whole whole vulnerable living. Um, it, it actually came out of exactly the question that you posed. It came out of leaning into the unknown possibilities uh, because I had known such limiting possibilities and um, actually, yeah. Um, so my, the, yeah. Wow. Okay. So let me, where do I want to start with that? Um, you know, vulnerability is all about leaning into oneself. Mm -hmm. um, and that is also where there are unknown possibilities that where the life force has been crimped by stories we tell ourselves, by ways we were imprinted before we even had language, mm -hmm. by family traumas, by inherited um, traumas by rules, regulations. I call it the Disney um, delusion. All of mm. these things that that have limited the way that we see life and um, not don't allow us to know what's really possible. Mm -hmm. 
Am I making sense? You are. Um, Joe Dispenza taught me how to do this in meditation. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you just got to go to the body. And our culture just keeps us in our heads. And our heads, our little brains can never comprehend what's possible on the other side of our limitations. So what we're saying then to, to, to sort of start to put some meat on the bones here, the unknown is the only thing that makes sense anyway, because we're never going to know it all. So we kind of end up running around in a circle trying to know it all. Yes. With, <laughs> yes, with all of these rules that we've made about all men, this, all women, that, <laughs> Right. Um, all relationships, this, um, you know, that kind of thinking that just narrows everything down into a predictable future. Mm. And it's amazing because if you haven't yet, any of you who are listening, haven't yet noticed the patterns that are in common in your life. Not that all, all men are bad or all women are bad or all parents are, you know, unconscious. (laughs) Right, right, right. Whatever the, whatever the all thing or never thing is, that's your pattern. Mm -hmm. And if you stay in that pattern, you'll in that pattern of belief system, whether it's conscious or just below your consciousness, your level of awareness, you're going to have the same outcome. So what about if someone doesn't have the capacity right now to let go of this obsession with the stories that they've been told? Or what if, I mean, we're seeing this at the moment. So many people are fighting for their beliefs and their ideas and saying, oh, my belief is right and my belief is right. But this many people can't have (laughs) such such contrasting ideas and everybody be right. Someone's got to be wrong. But what about when someone is so convinced that what they're saying is true, that they're not even open to listening to the possibility that someone else might have something to offer, including that these narratives that we're running on don't even make any sense anyway. Right. Well, you, I guess, you know, some people aren't ready yet for that. And, <laughs> and, and those people aren't so much fun to be around and they're not so much fun to be in relationship with at moments and, mm-hmm. and they're hard to work with. And, and, and it's okay. I mean, I had a long period of time. I wasn't able to either, mm-hmm. but you know, what I say is everything that you do and everything you don't do adds up. So you might not be ready, but if you're still searching, if you're still having those conversations, if you're meditating, I mean, what I found, Dan, is that when people aren't ready, they're just used to the crimp in their life force. They're used to a lesser flow. The, the energy still flowing backwards into the past mm-hmm. and they haven't yet uncrimped it enough to have it flow forward. And when it blows forward, that's when you can't even imagine what's going to come your way because now your energy's able to be in the present moment. And when people are afraid or they're so, I'm going to say addicted, Mm -hmm. so attached to their belief system because they're not ready to yet let go into the possibility of the unknown. They're just, they're just stuck. You know, Mm -hmm. they're not free and their, and their life force isn't going to get to flow in the same way that it will once they let go. So we can't, I mean, I've learned, you just can't 
make people be there. If they're not ready, they're not. So you love them. Mm. What I do is those kind of people, I've learned to love them from a little bit more of a distance. Um, uh, I let there be boundaries. a little more space. Yeah, because we spoke about that, that one before. Yeah, that one brings me down personally. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I want my life force to flow forward. So, what we're saying is ultimately, being able to come into the unknown is about being in the present moment and being ready to let go of our ideas. <laughs> Yes. And, and, okay. So this is the other piece that I think, um, I've, I've just, it's something I've learned to, um, see is that we all have little, um, we have little or big, I'm going to call them traumas or crises, things in our lives that were so overwhelming to us. And remember, I try to tell people some of them happened before we had a hippocampus and an amygdala that were working together to tell us, oh, when I was such and such an age, this thing happened to me. And it could be as simple as going to your grandparents for a week as an infant and needing to smell and touch and be with your mother, let's say, for example. Mm -hmm. And so you don't know that, but you're crying and you're missing and you feel like you're dying because that parent that you need close to you to help calm you isn't around. So you make this decision that the world isn't safe. Let's just say this, for example, Mm -hmm. that the world isn't safe. And so you don't even know that you made that decision, but then you keep finding ways that confirm that confirmation bias. You know, you, you see that the world isn't safe. And every time the world isn't a little bit safe, rather than going, oh, well, this is just this person or this situation. Let me get on to the next one. It sticks. There's Velcro inside. There's like trauma or crisis Velcro Velcro that it sticks to. And Mm -hmm. so you're living these little survival trauma, crisis, chaos pieces over and over and over. And I have learned that we've all got them, big or little, but they're there and they're often driving us underneath. And so that's what everything else sticks to. We tell ourselves these stories that aren't helpful, that certainly aren't leaning into the expanse of the unknown, that are leaning into a limiting story. And so what I learned to do, I hope this will be helpful, is that I learned when that was happening that it was likely, when when I could see these patterns on the outside, that my job was to come inside and say to that little part of me that feels everything, that vulnerable aspect that is in my body that speaks in feelings and sensations to say to her, I'm here with you. You're not alone anymore. Mm. And I would just sit with the terror, sit with the not words, the thing that didn't make any sense in the midst of all that was happening, breathe with her, be present with her. And then at some point it would shift or it shifts into something expansive Hmm. that I believe is that unknown bigness, I like to call it. Um, And then when that loving internal parent self that could be called spirit or whatever it's when they come together and they're they're with each other but the the, just so you know the vulnerable part isn't taking care of the parent the vulnerable part is just fully expressing and feeling met seen and reflected and guided by that inner loving parent there are shifts that happen it has to be physical though dan that's the piece that i learned with joe dispenza I knew it before, but I got it. It has to be 
in the physical realm. We can't do it in our head. People will say, I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, okay, I'll give you facts around it, but you're going to have to feel into it and be with it every day a little bit, Mm. at least. So we're talking about loving ourselves enough to to, to give ourselves the time to step into. So we're, we're saying effectively, don't expect this journey with the unknown to transition overnight. Don't expect yourself to, to just sort of wake up one day, oh, okay, I'm going to be okay with the unknown and just go. It's about giving self, giving ourselves time for our inner child to catch up with the new changes and lovingly making that transition, understanding where our own limits are. Also being patient with others that are going through their journey too and not judging them, yes. but doing all of this through the now. Yes. And when I notice myself judging someone else, what I notice for myself generally for that vulnerable self is she doesn't feel close or safe. Mm. So I tell her, oh, that's not that person's job. Mm-hmm. That's not their job. It's nobody's job. I'm here. It's my job to keep you safe, mm-hmm. to help you feel safe. And, and if you don't feel safe with that person, well, I'll just, I'll be here with you. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You, and they don't, they're not going to, that's not another person. That's a person that's not available to you. And I'm not going to have, we're not going to go there to try to get something they don't have to give. So... <laughs> This is a great one because sometimes we can start to have other people that we we give the responsibility for our journey. Yes. And is this sometimes because we don't want to actually do it ourselves and we're just looking for someone else to be held responsible? Like what's going on there? Yeah, that's really a dangerous place to go because, um, what I believe is that this drive, these driving pieces that I've called these accidents, overwhelming traumas, crises, chaos, whatever it was that made this Velcro inside that other shit sticks to, mm-hmm. um, we will, th- that vulnerable child looks outside. It's our partner. It's our, it's the parents now. It's the, maybe even our children or our neighbor or our best friend. Mm-hmm. And, and that piece, that essential piece that is the pattern that shows up in our lives will not, will not move from anything on the outside. And that's the myth. That's what I call the Disney delusion. You're going to meet your prince or princess, your best friend. Or wait, your wait, mom. wait. I'm not going to meet my princess? Well, you can. You can <laughs> meet your princess. Okay. I'm sure you've already met your <laughs> I know you have. But she's not always going to be a princess. Exactly. And, and you're okay not always going to be her prince. You're going to mm-hmm. have beautiful moments of connection and surrender and joy and laughter and growth. Mm. And you're going to have moments, even with that beautiful prince or princess, especially as you get closer and you're more intimate with them, that the terror in you the pain, the fear of whatever never got resolved long ago mm-hmm. and maybe repeatedly since that will never be healed by someone on the outside. Mm-hmm. I want to say that again. That peace will never be healed or met by someone on the outside in the way that you need to meet it. Hmm. That's where the magic is, is inside. 
the, the, the outside person is going to be amazing. They're going to be available. They're going to be unavailable. They're going to be grumpy. They're going to be happy. They're going to be dealing with their own pain inside. Sometimes when your pain is up, and when you can learn, when we can all learn to go inside and be that loving parent, that loving peace to ourselves, that space of expansion and acceptance and vulnerable yumminess, when we can do that with ourselves, when someone does it on the outside, it's amazing. And when they don't, it's no big deal because they're in their stuff and we can just love them in that mm. because we're loving ourselves. So we're basically, rather than trying to chase someone to do the heavy lifting, it's our work is to create the container where change is going to happen anyway. And sometimes we get the added benefit of that with someone else being a part of it. Absolutely. And, and of course, you know, in choosing partners, it's really important that um, there are moments that we can connect. Lots of good, yummy moments for laughter and love and growth and good discussions and taking responsibility for the crap that we've brought rather than telling them the crap that they're bringing, like talking about, wow, this is something that's going on for me. It, and it also includes uh, communication is important. And it's important to know what to talk about and what to sit with. Mm. Because when we talk about things that are our pain, that are patterns that happened way before our partner, and we try to talk about it and process it, it takes the energy away from us being with it and coming to have a deeper relationship to it. And a lot of times that causes trauma in our current relationship because we're bringing trauma from the past into the present. And I, I just, I see it all the time with couples. They really want this other person to take away their pain. They want them to make it better. But when they start to recognize it's their, their pain, their fear, their ickiness to be with and be present with, it changes the relationship. There's more space for both mm -hmm. parties to be who they are in their bigness and and in their possibility. <laughs> but we're not trained. We're not taught to mm -hmm. do this way important healthy relationshipness. <laughs> <laughs> relationshipness <laughs> right because it's to ourselves and other it's both mm. but the thing is like one of the things that always you've shined a light on so powerfully is that that relationship with others happens as a result of the relationship or is reflective of what's going on with the relationship with ourselves Absolutely. As my wonderful body-centered trauma therapist said, everything is a reflection, Laura. Mm. That means you don't get to leave anything out. Even the good stuff. The good stuff's mm -hmm. a reflection too. Because mm -hmm. I think sometimes we have that. We've got that negative bias. We think, oh my God. Oh, this is, yeah, but let's look for the positive signs as much as we're looking for where the, the trauma or the shadows are getting lit up. Let's look for the positive too. Oh, wow, I've got a capacity to love. And what I've found with reframing to be really powerful 
is actually using those shadow points as an opportunity to look for something to reflect back in positivity instead. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, because we don't want to get stuck in any of it. We don't want Mm -hmm. to get stuck in, you know, the spiritual bypassing, like, oh, I'll just think positively today and Mm -hmm. all my, you know, bills will be paid. And, Mm -hmm. but, but we can say what's like, we can say, yeah, okay, I'm really excited about having more come my way. I wonder what might be in the way of preventing that from coming in. You know, what, what can I do? Um, And we don't want to be stuck in, oh, I'm a victim and every, Everything that's happened is horrible and there's nothing good. I mean, what we focus on grows. So it is important, but it's also, and I don't want to say but, and it's also important to notice the patterns that show up in our lives so that we can see. Oh, can I tell you a quick little story? Yes, please. So um, (laughs) when I started to really lean into the unknown bigness, the the place of um, more than I could imagine. And I was really just beginning to let life force come forward and in, in a way I never had before. I literally had this experience for about a year and it still happens sometimes, but I had It was so undeniable. Everywhere I went, and I'm not exaggerating, people gave me stuff. I was, one one time I was standing in a restaurant waiting for my girlfriend to come. And I went and sat at the table waiting. And this man from a table across the room came over and said, would you like some of my wine? I was like, well, sure. Oh, it's a Zen. I'd love it. So Mm -hmm. he poured a nice big glass. Um, my friend came in and a bit later after we'd ordered more wine, he came over to offer me more. I was like, hmm, that was interesting. I went to a donut shop in San Diego uh, visiting my daughter and mm-hmm. we went in and we talked to this and this person's like, I'm just going to give you six donuts. Well, all right. My daughter looked at me funny. We went <laughs> the, the next day, right? She's like, what is this mom? Um, then the next day, I mean, it's silly stuff, but it, and it was all food, which is interesting because it was stuff that was going to go into my body, right? Mm-hmm. The other, then the next day we were standing in line, this new, you know, fufu um, ice cream place opened up and my daughter and I were standing in line and I was talking to the woman working there. And we had this really nice discussion. By the time we got to the front of the line, she came over and said, I'm, I'm going to buy your ice creams for you. It was this real bougie, expensive ice cream place. And my daughter looked at me again and I, I mean, I had this, and it, and during this trip, a lot of that happened. Going down, the flight attendant gave me so much wine that I was looped by the time I got off my hour and a half flight, which I don't normally do, but he kept just bringing me wine. And my daughter's like, mom, you know, it's a good thing I'm driving. We laughed about it. But, <laughs> but my daughter said, you know, they started teasing me and, and would daily ask me, what did somebody give you today? And... Mm-hmm. I, it just like, it was so obvious all that was coming in without me even asking. It was just, and those are just a few of the stories in that period of time, but it was happening like every day. Mm-hmm. And I realized, wait, okay. So all I did was open this door a little bit to possibility and all of these silly beautiful gifts were coming from people that were strangers. Somehow people were wanting to offer me some things that they could And I think that's what life does when we open to the possibility, when we do it in our bodies, when we start to uncrimp the life force, when we start to take out the Velcro that's related to the past and start to replace it with Velcro that's related to the present and moving forward, then those other things stick. 
two. I really want to know, though. <laughs> like, what what magic did you do to suddenly get donuts? Because the donuts just a bit out of all of that. <laughs> you want the donuts? <laughs> Can I tell you a secret thing? So basically, um, I and this has probably got something to do with something else, but. I have never really been obsessed with donuts. Okay. It's the same with cookies. I had the same thing with cookies and this will make sense in a sec, but there's this one cookie place called Ben's cookies that I used to go to in London. I didn't live by the time I left the UK, I lived just outside London. Um, the only place I could get these cookies was on Oxford street in central London. So anytime I'd go in for a meeting, I'd always go to Oxford street just to go and buy Bond Street Station and go and get this box of cookies. I'd go and spend 20 pounds, like 30 bucks on this box of cookies. And then I'd slowly make my way through these cookies over the course of the week. My girlfriend at the time would always look at me like a weirdo because I'd be sitting there scoffing my face with these cookies. <laughs> they had no, this place was not anywhere in my hometown. Um, when I'm in Dubai, I always go to this particular mall because <laughs> they have got this cookie shop. So I go and get these cookies. <laughs> right. And it's, I've started to find that happen with donuts. That the Krispy Kremes are in, there's Krispy Kremes in Mexico City. And there's Krispy Kremes in Mexico City Airport. So when I'd go away from Cabo or I'd go to Mexico City for the day or whatever, I'd always go to the Krispy Kremes in the airport and buy a box of donuts. And the thing is, I don't even really want to eat that many Krispy Kremes, but because I don't get it all the time, I'm like, I need the Krispy Kremes. Okay, the story's going to keep make, start making a bit more sense. So now there's this little family that basically they've got a Krispy Kremes franchise and they pop, they run, buzz around Carbo in cars selling Krispy Kremes out of the back of the car. But they're never there every day. They only come certain days of the week. And I spend... <laughs> my week waiting and when they're not there I get really upset and it's like but I only I even want the Krispy Kreme so much so like what then what happened was is that um, we've got this thing at home where whenever Olga likes something I get really upset because then she's gonna scoff it all and like we started to get like a box of six and then I'd give some to like the security guards on the way back I'd give some away so that we'd like have like a couple like a couple, like one or two each and then she started eating all of our portions. So I didn't have like an equal share. So I've started to buy double portion now. <laughs> Buying a double portion of these donuts and give them away. I have to give loads of them away to make it like, because we're not making it through a dozen donuts. It's just not happening. So we're giving right. some to security and we're giving this away to people. But yeah, so that's my donut story. And I'm just interested to know, maybe they're going to start giving me the Krispy Kremes or they're just going to be there for me to buy on a more consistent basis. And maybe then I won't be obsessed with it. And much like going all the way to another part of London, just to go and get a box of cookies. Or when I was in New York, going all the way to Union Square, just so that I can get this box of cookies all the way from Brooklyn. Um, what's the secret? Well, you know, what's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's such a cute story. But what I'm really curious about is little Dan, because cookies and donuts make me think of being young and like being rewarded or having yumminess. And so what I'm curious about is vulnerable Dan inside, like what he wants or what he feels when he eats those donuts. I would love to give you a homework assignment of eating the donuts 
donuts with little Dan and just see, like, do you feel like he's hopped up on your lap and you're feeding him or, you know, what, what, like, I would be so curious. And I think this is great because people so often have a hard time. Like, they're like, what do you mean? My little vulnerable self? Like, I don't feel him or her. And Mm -hmm. you've, and there are these kinds of things that can be helpful to get a physical, emotional sensation of this part. So might you be willing to do that, Dan? Yes. I will okay. gladly eat my donuts with, I'll eat the donuts with myself. Well, you know, but also realize this is, this is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Oh gosh. I'm so glad you shared this because I'm thinking about little Dan. That's thinking about, because remember, The vulnerable self is our emotions and our sensations. The adult self is more like logical and makes a plan and notices the patterns and does things. This logical part developed later. So this is this little boy that's excited about something. Mm. He's looking forward to it. He's counting the days. Now, the great thing is it's donuts. Sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes people's little inner vulnerable child is waiting for five o'clock for drinking excessively. Mm. for going out on the weekend, for, you know, drinking on the weekend. Um, Or random trysts. Or yes, or yes, encounters. And those, and the parent inside, the loving parent just is checked out. So this child, and, and you aren't eating a dozen. If you were eating a dozen donuts, I might be saying, wow, that little Dan really needs some love. Like, would mm-hmm. you pay attention when you eat one? Maybe mm-hmm. eat it slowly with him and mm-hmm. maybe, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. you're, you know, you're having, but make it yummy with you, with him, because you get so excited. That tells me Dan is in there. Little Dan is like, "Woo, this is going to be fun. I can't Don't wait. Time. Right. And, and, you know, you're busy helping a lot of people. You, you give a lot to the world. So there's this little guy inside that's thinking, I'm going to get something now. I can't mm-hmm. wait. Mm-hmm. And you're disappointed if they're not there. So this is a great place for you to connect in. And for any of the listeners to think about things that they get really excited about. Mm. Um, I love and, it. and how that feeds them, you know, not just physically, but emotionally. I get really excited about my spin class, which I can't do right now with two twisted ankles. And I've had to tell her, I'm sorry, you know, let, let's figure out something else we can do that you feel excited about. So I've got a puzzle I'm doing, you know, it's paying attention to the needs and feeding it ourselves, literally and emotionally using this excitement or the disappointment or the sadness or the loss, whatever it is to go in and say, Hey, you're not alone. I'm here with you. What, what do you need? And, you know, sh- the inner vulnerable self doesn't really speak in like words. It mm. usually speaks in, it just tells me like, if I think about, okay, well, how about if I go do the puzzle instead of spin today? And I'll get this, like, I'll go do the puzzle and I'll notice this calming. That's the other thing I want to say. Mm-hmm. We At the time that these crises, chaos, little traumas or big traumas happen, our nervous system was on overload. So 
we needed someone else's nervous system to calm us. And usually it became an issue because we weren't able to be calmed by someone else's nervous system because they didn't know to do it or they weren't there. The parent inside, the loving, caring parent, not the critical or absent parent, that loving, caring parent literally calms our nervous system. When you learn how to do this, you'll go from frantically feeling for myself like that I'm going to be abandoned or that um, I'm going to be have to be smaller than I am. I'm going to have to shrink myself. When the parent comes in and loves me, she calms down. She knows everything's going to be okay. And she rests inside of me. Mm. And it's literally calming us that is the important piece that comes from the physical, emotional sensations of being met and seen with ourselves. Oh my God, it's so yummy. And this feels like, it feels like you've also given us a doorway into the doorway into the, the, the vulnerability that we were speaking about earlier and yes. finding a way to also navigate the unknown because a lot of the unknown comes, the challenges that we have with the unknown come from that inner part of us just not being comfortable in the space. Yes. And so, yes, the going into the expansive space in a Joe Dispenza five-hour meditation mm-hmm. helped me have a reference point for that the sensations of that and the vastness of it. Mm -hmm. And then what I've learned, and this is the part, because a lot of times people go have those great experiences and they come home and they go back to their old patterns. That gave me a reference point and vulnerable living and getting back to where I was quite a while ago came out of learning. How do I replicate that at home? Mm. How do I have more of that and bring that expanse into my life. And what I learned was that that little girl was terrified of the unknown and that I needed to create this internal parent to say, I'm here with you. You're not alone. Lean into me. Be present with everything you're feeling, not alone, but with me. And ultimately, Dan, I a lot of my clients, when they do this work, start to have these spiritual experiences of something greater when they lean into that expanse, because that's really what it is. Um, that that child vulnerable open self is a um, connection to the vastness of possibility. When because it's so it's such an open early part. It's just sensation and feeling. It's, there's, it's just part, it's connected to everything. And when we can calm it and allow it to open back to that vastness, all kinds of stuff comes in that's greater than we can imagine in the constriction. Hmm. The fear. Yeah. <sighs> Laura, as always, you take us on a, a beautiful journey that comes back to loving the self, to vulnerability, to being open, to trusting. I just feel always lifted up and filled up when we have these conversations and I trust the uh, the listeners are too. You're active now on a few more platforms. I see you've been buzzing around on uh, TikTok doing some cool stuff. Yep, I'm, I'm <laughs> out there. Yeah, and I've got my vulnerableliving.com up and going. It's not really got a lot there yet, but that's where I'm going to be um, 
you know, advertising or having people be able to sign up for um, virtual classes um, and that sort of thing. It's it's in the works. It's happening. Well, and I'm we'll excited. make sure we pop that into the um, into the show notes and for people to to connect with you. If you're not in Laura's Facebook group, Vulnerable Living, get in. She posts some great little snippet videos, some great memes that just and, and quotes that just get you thinking about the power of vulnerability and how it can help us and support us. So make sure to check that out. Any last words for the uh, the listeners today, Laura? I was just I was just feeling grateful. That's what I was noticing, Dan. This really full feeling in my heart for these moments shared with you because I I, I feel like we you know you always share that you feel good with it, but so do I. And and this is the model that I'm trying I'm I'm offering to couples is that when you're in that full space, you. <laughs> the, the, my boyfriend sent me a quote. You know, how do you be a happy couple? Well, you bring two happy people together. Mm. That's kind of simplistic, but but that when you're in a synergistic place with yourself, you will then, from your bigness and overflow, share that with another, and then it ups the the frequency. You know, then you're lifting each other's energy up just by being yourself. And so I guess what I want to say is I'm so grateful for this time that we share and that I hope that other people feel expanded by this as well. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So listeners, be sure to head over to vulnerableliving.com. Head over to the Facebook group as well. We've popped a link for that there in the comments. Until next time, keep dreaming with your eyes open. And remember, you can have a vulnerable, abundant joyful and purpose-driven life. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Do It With Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan. Dan.